Don't forget to check out the Hockey Podcast Network's fantasy hockey affiliate, Playline. Right now, if you use the code THPN, you can deposit as little as 5 bucks and get a $20 bonus to play with. Plus, you can help support the Hockey Podcast Network. The $50,000 lotto may be gone, but you can still win in one of the many games on Playline. Whether you want to take a chance on hockey, basketball, or football, there's a game for you. The Hockey Podcast Network has also joined forces with Puffy Mattresses. They're not just any bed-in-a-bag company. These are America's most comfortable mattress, and right now you can get $300 off a new mattress plus a free king-size pillow. Plus, they offer a 101-night sleep trial, so if you're not satisfied with the mattress, you can return it no problem. Also, if you use our link that we will tweet out after the podcast release, you can help support us and the Hockey Podcast Network. Last but not least today, we have a fantastic deal from Reebok. Just in time for McGregor's big return to the Octagon, Reebok is offering an extra 50% off if you use the code GETDOWN, no spaces. This would be a perfect time to get yourself some fight merch or maybe some new workout gear. Whatever you're looking for, this code will save you some money. Also, same as with Puffy, if you shop through our link, you can help support us and the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, thanks for tuning in to our growing network of podcasts, and we hope you enjoy the episode. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to Offside by a Mile, the podcast for anything and everything Colorado Avalanche, and the official Avs podcast for the Hockey Podcast Network. Jared, this team is killing me. Killing me softly. Yeah. It's not soft. It is. It's rough, man. I just... Okay, so... Uh, first of all, I did watch the end of the game, but I didn't... I had to leave for hockey at, I think like 10 minutes left or something in the right. third. So it was still 2-1 abs. It was just after the Calvert fight. Well, oh, yeah. not, not just after, but after the Calvert fight. Yeah. It was after Nathan McKinnon had his pretty solid chance where he just like beat the defenseman and went in and tried to deke Ben Bishop out. Right. But I left, and I was hoping when I got to hockey, I could pull my phone out of my pocket and see a W for the abs. Yeah. I did not. Not not so fortunate. I'm so sick of losing third period leads. Yeah. I'm so sick of it. I mean, I think everybody is. I haven't like... counted it. I don't I haven't I've not counted how many times they've done it. I don't know if they said it on the broadcast or not. But it is infuriating. Yeah, I mean it's gotta be about I think it's nine or ten now. I feel like um, it's more. It's how not, many times have they lost? Like I don't know, fifteen. I think that's our fifteenth regulation loss. I think right. Well, that was overtime. Oh right, right. So that's twenty-one total losses. I it's got to be in the like twelve to fifteen total that they've had a third period lead in. I mean, yeah, probably something close to that. And if you look at like recency bias. It's like every single loss. I mean, it's probably like 
six out of the last eight losses. What I, I think I saw on the broadcast, they were like minus 10 in the last like month or something in third period. So it would be minus 11 now. Uh, yeah. It's not, not uh, the period. Especially, it's... especially when they're one goal leads. Like, right. I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago or maybe three episodes ago where it was like, is a one goal lead really losing a third period lead? Yeah, it is hundred yeah. percent. You should lock it down. But this is, this is the other thing is, so first, firstly, Ben Bishop was outstanding. Oh, we talked about saying we talked about Michael and that's every time we asked him how, like how their goals against was so good, how their penalty kill was so good. He just said goaltending. Well, that's what you saw on Tuesday night. hundred percent across the board. Ben Bishop was great. Mm-hmm. They said something like the Avs have had like 130 shots or something almost on Bishop or like on the Stars this year in three right. games. Yeah, that's over 40 a game. And they scored what five, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it's frustrating. Yeah. You know what else? Well, actually, I'm gonna get to. Well, I'll save this one for the end. But it's just it's so frustrating, so frustrating. But as we were talking about before we got on the mics here is. Ben Bishop is unfair when he's on his game. Yeah. It's, uh... He is so massive. And when he is not giving you holes, there is nothing to shoot at. Yeah. It's like, you know, what the broadcast was talking about the whole night. Like, you need tips. It's you not even tips. traffic. Like, look at... So, Grubauer and Ben Bishop are very different goalies, mostly because of size. Yeah. Grubauer has to be quick. Grubauer is a lot closer to Jonathan Quick than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Because he has to be. Because he's small, so he has to move into the lane. He can't just block the bo- block the puck like Ben Bishop. Yeah, can't play angles as much. But you know what the Avs didn't do last night? Sorry. Tuesday night? That Dallas did to a goalie that they didn't have to do it to? Was make the guy move around. Yeah. How many seam passes did the Avalanche attempt and make? Whereas in the second period alone, the Dallas Stars scored twice on a power play or on power plays. Well, yeah. One Technically, got yeah. called back, <laughs> yeah. but they put the puck in the back of the net twice on the same exact play. Yeah. Seam cross across the top of the crease and in the back of the net. When did the Avs try that? Yeah, I mean, the I mean, to be fair, the stars do play a very solid uh, game in their own end, but you're right. But like Michael was saying, when they, when you play a, a aggressive penalty kill, that is the play that's open. Yeah, yeah. Because they're moving around so much, the seam pass is open, mm-hmm. and the Avs didn't try it. They didn't get the opportunity. I understand. I can't. I can't wait. The Avs this year against the Dallas Stars are zero for thirteen. On the power play. Yeah. Ofer. Big donut. Game one of the year, they had eight power plays. Right. Like, <laughs> there's, there's not much else Dead air is all that you can that. say. Like, it's, <laughs> like I don't even I don't even know what to add to that. That that just speaks for itself. And it's I saw just... on the I saw on the broadcast, I think it was before the power play in the third that the Avs were one for 17, like one for the last 17 power plays against the Stars. Right, okay. So I think that's up to 18. Right. I may be wrong. Yeah, you're probably but like, right. 
what what and it's funny because you can go that's actually crazy that it's that much against the stars to you that's like that's insane but it's funny because you can go from game to game with this team and like you'll see a really nice power play goal something that's really well you know well set up nice passes you get like a nice seam pass and like a one-timer goal by mckinnon like right we've seen like two of those over the course of like the last two weeks or so But even, Both well even set then, up. Like, well, yeah, like the last game against St. Uh, not St. Louis. Um, who the heck was on the weekend? On Friday, Pittsburgh. Oh, uh, yeah. That power play goal is not a seam pass. It's just, you know, the typical umbrella pass right. that the Avs are used to D to McKinnon in the back of the net. Yeah. But that, that seam pass that goes to your wingers that are out wide is so much more dangerous because that goalie's got to go from side, like, from one side of the rink to the other, For opposed sure. to halfway to the side. Yeah, and it's just, I understand it. The part, the problem with trying to seam pass all the time, is the fact that you do turn the puck over if you try and force it. Yeah, but the awesome part about the seam pass is once you get one, that whole PK is just fucked. Because there, all of a sudden, it's just so much change that there's just so many more moving parts, and right. there's just so many more holes. For sure. Which yeah. is definitely going to screw over aggressive penalty kills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I mean that we have the skill on that power yeah. play, especially that top unit, right? That like you you'd think you would see it more. Like you'd yeah, think you'd see plays that outplay the PK. Like it just doesn't happen. Far it's few and far between. That's Very. for sure. Like that's the biggest thing about it, and that's what I mean. Like the difference between one power play. And then twenty nine others that follow it is ridiculous. <laughs> I agree. The consistency on this power play, other than being consistently bad, or is consistently inconsistent. Well, but but that's what you're saying, right? Like, exactly. If it's if it's one good one followed by a bunch of shitty ones, well, it's pretty consistent. It's yeah. bad, and like, and it shouldn't be bad. Exactly. And the amount of times that we get power play opportunities. Like think about how many more dubs we could have if we had, well, you know, a goal here and there, this game pretty much seals the deal. I'm going to count that as two penalty, two power play goals. I know it, it's not on the scoreboard, but that is pure luck. Well, that is pure exactly. luck that that wasn't on the board. And that, yeah, like that would have been a goal. Obviously. Right. Like th- that, like that offside has nothing to do with that goal. Nothing. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like the PK gets burned. Once, maybe we'll call it one and a half times. I don't care yeah. what I'm calling it. Well, it got burned twice. Yeah, it did. It didn't count, mm-hmm. but it, you got burned twice. Yeah. And our power play did nothing. And I understand the Avs only went over two. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's not crazy. It's not like you had eight chances, but you had eight chances once and scored none. <laughs> so yeah. that card is gone too. Yeah. But it's just for. And another thing is the power play wasn't necessarily bad. Yeah, for on sure. On Tuesday, that Kale McCarr to Rantanen uh, one, I think it was in the second? I th- I think you're right. Um, Yeah, 4.30 left in the second, and Bishop just robbed Rantanen. Yeah. That should be in the back of the net, but you're playing a hot goalie. Uh, it but, probably is on different But again, goalies. that should be one of 
multiple chances like that, not one of one. Right. With with the first power play unit that has Nathan McKinnon, Landis Cog, Caudry. And yes, they're changing up a bit, so Gerard's on that one. He's been on the top line for the last, I don't know, three games probably. Yeah. But then you have Kale McCarr and Brandon Burkowski, like that second line, that second power play line should be pretty formidable. Yeah, and it's yeah, exactly. Formidable. It's, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> formidable. But yeah, you're right though, because like we, we sit here and talk about the skill in the first, but there's like almost just as much skill on that second unit. Yeah, like obviously you don't have one of the best players in the world on it. Yeah. But like it's not a slouch. Yeah. Burakovsky can rip it. Yeah. He hasn't for a while. It's true. Nachushkin, he had one of the best games of the, on the team last night. Oh, yeah. Tuesday night. For sure, yeah. Maybe trying to, you know, stick a little, uh, stick it to his yeah. old team. But, yeah, he had a great game too, right? For sure. Caudry, I thought, post. looked really good. Yeah. Again, he had a post too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? it's late in the game. So, it's just, it's, I to me, and we got to start doing this, in my opinion, we got to start laying it on the coach here because you got to go into a game, and obviously it's a bit different in the regular season. There's 82 games, and you're not going to just change your strategies overnight. It's not you can't you can't just do that in the NHL in the regular season. Yeah. You can in the playoffs, and if they don't in the playoffs, I'm going to be pissed. Especially if this is round one. Mm-hmm. If this is Which round it very one, well could be right, and the Avs go in. Like, I don't know what happens in the next Colorado-Dallas game, but I'm going to guarantee it's not five power play goals. So if you go in with like a 5% power play against this team in the first round and you don't change something specifically for that power play, fireable offense. Well, yeah. You're just not trying to win. I mean, you got to adapt straight up. You got to adapt, especially if a PK is dominating you. Yeah. Like, you you do. You you need a different game. It's also part of my... Part of my frustration too is they had three days off. Yeah, they could have tried something. Maybe, maybe they did. <laughs> if that was trying something, let me tell you. Or yeah, I mean, personnel change is not trying something. Yeah, yeah, it's it's obviously a strategy thing. Um, and yeah. at five on five, they were good to Tuesday night. They were good. Uh, I, I saw I saw it again. I saw it again. On Twitter, the second goal. And I'm not saying it's a lot of you guys. I'm not saying it's a lot of Avalanche fans on Twitter. But it's out there, and I saw it again. Saw it from the same guy again. <laughs> the 2-2 goal, and it goes, Grubar lets out a rebound, and it's 2-2. It's like, are you kidding me right <laughs> now? Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, those are, like... Especially on plays like that, like that was that is all on your defense. Yeah, all of it. That that's straight. That up shot like shouldn't even mode. happen. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I don't know how you can blame. I feel like there are people like that too. That it's like every game that Grubauer's in. It's got to be Grubauer's blaming, fault eventually. Blaming Grubauer. The dude played a freaking solid game again. Like I don't get it. Like, I don't. What do you want from him? I don't remember any like like I don't remember that many like. 10 bell saves from the game. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing. That means he wasn't out of position a lot. Yeah. He was solid. He let it, he kept in a lot. Like he he sucked up a lot of rebounds. He did a hell of a job on a lot of shots. For sure. 
And that second one, man, like, I don't know what you want him to do. It's a shot, like a one-timer slap shot from just underneath the hash marks. It's pretty pretty tough to suck in a rebound like that. Yeah. Like, and... And yeah. now, was it ideal where he put the rebound? No. It would have been more ideal if he kicks it all the way to the boards. Yeah. But again, you're not... Re- he, he's making the stop first. And then dealing with the rebound. And you know what else happened? The Avs got beat to that rebound. Yep. And they got out-battled twice on that play. Mm-hmm. They got out-battled to the original shot and to the rebound. By a guy that was trying way harder than anybody else to tie that game. Yep. What, what what have I said in previous episodes about this team and why we can't win? It starts with an E. Oh, effort. effort. Huh. Weird. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, defensive effort. Uh, I understand. Letting well, actually, I'll, I'll say this too. Dallas is in the same boat. Only letting another team score twice on you should probably win you a hockey game. Right. So there's two reasons for that. <laughs> Either you should have three goals or you need to be better. I Like, I, I just, I don't know. Ben Bishop was good. I get it. The Avs put 41 shots or whatever on him. Yeah. I get it. 43, yeah. Yeah, sorry. 43 by the end of overtime. It, it's just, man, you have to be better. Yeah, I mean, like... For trying to be positive here, honestly, I I feel a lot better after this game compared to uh, both the New York games. Well, and yeah, the Pittsburgh I, I've, game. I've said this before too, right? Where it's like games like these are the ones that are okay to lose, right? But this is your third loss to a division rival yeah. this year, three of three. Yeah, like I mean, it, it's that's why it's the toughest thing to swallow, and getting you know, getting swept by them in the season. And just, it's tough because, like, they played a good game. I mean, the first period was epically in the favor of the Avalanche. Oh, yeah. Like, they beat down the Stars. Same kind of with the second period. Like, I mean, there wasn't too many, uh, you know, high-quality opportunities for Dallas until the third period. And, like, they played well. They played a good structured game. Everybody was, you know... I feel like most of the effort of everybody was pretty top notch. It was just, you know, not enough to win. And it, I feel like if we play that way against San Jose for sure on Thursday should be no problem. No problem. That we should come away with a dub after that. If you play like that, man, you're going to win a lot of games. So that's the thing too, is like, I think it was, I can't remember who said it in the in the dressing room after. It might have been, it might have been Ranton. I'm I'm not sure though, so don't quote me on that. But somebody said we don't like to like we don't like recency thinking, you know, kind of thing. I don't remember the exact words because that definitely wasn't it. But you know what I'm saying. Um, I think you have to with this game. Like, yeah, don't think about the New York games and the Pittsburgh game too much, even though the Pittsburgh game wasn't terrible either. No. This game was like a complete effort. Keep playing like that. Like we we need you to keep going. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the that's the other thing is 
when when you look at the third period, it it's unfortunate that it ended the way it did. Because it wasn't like the Avs just sat back. Right. Well, like, They tried to score. They tried to get ahead. I talked about it. Nathan McKinnon, Caudry hit the post in the third late. Yeah, with a minute left. Uh, What else happened in the third? Nachushkin, well, I guess that was in overtime. Was Zadorov? I think, I think Zadorov's was in the second, but freaking oh, yeah, clear there was, off the crossbar. There was the one, I think it was off Rantanen. I don't know. There was the deflection in front that got to like I don't know three or four inches away from the goal line. Right. That the star cleared off out of the blue paint. It's just mm-hmm. like, can we get a balance? And I guess if we want to go run through the game like normal, Zadorov's goal in the first period is that yeah. lucky bounce That's they get. Pr- yeah. I mean, they get the lucky bounce there. Yeah. They get the offside review where it's just offside. Hey, that okay. So speaking of that, that was really funny. What an, what an epic challenge like i was like oh boy like i can't believe you're challenging this but to like see it that quick blew my mind a bit about time that's true but like i mean i think they said we're five for five on offside challenges that's insane that is insane we've lost goalie interference challenges but to be right 100% of the time on offside challenges, that's insane. Like, yeah. And especially with it being that close, like you watch the replay and you're like, is he over? Like, and like he it lifts looks- his skate. <clears throat> it's like a centimeter off. Ben's back skate is like a centimeter off yeah. the ice. And, you know, I don't know if they're going to change that rule. Like, I know they're talking big time about that, it being like a plane and not like a I- on the ice thing. But the more I think about it, the more I hate that thought process. Because the whole reason that exists is because you need to be outside of the zone. Every sport in this world that has boundaries, it's all about whether it's touching outside. Yeah. That is why the rule is that way. Mm-hmm. Tennis, if the ball hits, it's not out. Like, if you shoot the ball around the post, oh yeah, like curve it counts, it. right? If it hits the boundary right? line or whatever, it, all that stuff, right? It, there's no plane in any other sport. The only plane is your goal, which hockey is the same, soccer is the same, but it's where's the ball bounce? Yeah, I think soccer may be a plane on the end line for like when the ball goes out back there, but. Very, mm, very few, very few sports like basketball guys go diving into the stands. Right. Baseball guys go diving into the stands. Yeah. It's a rule because if your one foot is outside the zone, you're classified as outside the zone. If it's in the air, you're not classified as outside the zone. Yeah. So it's just you're not. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, not. I understand right? it's it's an issue of well, it's ridiculous to bitch and moan about a guy's skate being off the ice a quarter of an inch, which this was like probably a half an inch. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, but he's not outside the zone now. Yeah. And and I think I, I think you need to look at it differently rather than like let's fix the offside rule to make offside challenges better. <laughs> no. No. Offside makes sense. Yeah. Now we've talked about like the going in backwards thing. If you got the puck versus not the puck, right? 
that's less of making sense. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But I I don't know. It's changing it so it's a plane is stupid. I think it's yeah, dumb. I don't know. Just I like agree. the logic behind that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Cause then guys are gonna like it's gonna be then it's gonna well, be feet. Well, exactly. Is Think it gonna about be a what... hand? Is it gonna be a hand outside the zone? <laughs> yeah, it's just like because then you're gonna start bitching me like, well, how much of his foot has to be outside the zone? Right. That that is a guarantee gonna. Well, because like think about how much different holding a line or something would be. Yeah. Or like trying to stay on side. Like it's not gonna be like the old. Uh, I don't know what you call it, but like. You know, dragging gonna, your foot. You're not gonna kneel and like now it's stretch like f- out. It's, figure skate yeah. one one leg in. Just like well, and the <laughs> thing too with that is like when you have to do that, you lose speed. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you get a figure skate across the line, you don't lose speed as much. Yeah. So it's stuff like that, and it's just like I guarantee you, it's not gonna be a case of like is any of his foot. It's gonna be is his whole foot out. Yeah. Or right. how much of his foot? Like, does the skate blade count? Yeah, on his foot. Yeah, and there's right. gonna be all this junk, and it's just—it's not gonna be better. It's yeah. just gonna be different. Exactly. Um, but yeah, hell, of, hell of a job by uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? Brett Heimlich. Yeah, with the Heimlich. It's been maneuver. a while actually since we've right because like the Heimlich maneuver. We had like three in like the what the first two weeks. Yeah, and, and back it was like to back games. In, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a while. But yeah, then <clears throat> the two nothing goal. Landeskog gets the nice tip in front. Yeah, that was from a beauty. McKinnon. That McKinnon play, it's we've seen him do it a million times this year, I think. Like, I'm not even, I don't think we're exaggerating at this point. Like, <laughs> he does that little, like, whole bunch of stutter step stuff at the blue line, comes out and fires a shot. Right. All the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And normally it's just into traffic and you hope for the best, but this one hits Landeskog, five hole. Beautiful which, tip. Watching Ben Bishop go down, leaving his five hole open makes me laugh because, like, I do that. A lot of goalies do that. Because you try and get as big as you can, and generally that means your butterfly flare is a little wider than normal, so you leave a gap. Yeah. But it's like, the dude is 6'6". <laughs> His butterfly flare is plenty big. Yeah. Just close the five hole. Like, close your legs. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that was good tip by Landy. I love it. And it was a good first. Like you said, it was yeah, it, was it was definitely a good first. Avs really go, good first. going to the break, 2 nothing. Yeah. Big Z this time gets a goal, gets a second of the year, not like the last one where it got disallowed for the offside. Right. right. That was seventy five feet in the air. Right. Yeah. Um Yeah, the, the what were the shots in that period? Sixteen four. Yeah, I think. They were insane. Like the amount of pressure. And I like I feel like that's that's almost night in, night out. Like this team it's it, not really slow starting team, you know? No. Like lots of teams have an issue in the first period. We all know our issues in the third period. But our our issues are nowhere to be seen in the first period. I feel like we play the best hockey almost every game in the first period. And, the, like, second period, too, it's good. The only thing about that is when it comes to being a fan, first period starts are great. But third period comebacks and, like, third period stellar hockey is oh. so much more fun. Oh, man. And, like, no, and one, not, no one really, you know, sits around and thinks about the fucking first period. They yeah, think no, about blowing the leads in yeah, the third period. Nobody Sorry. thinks about what happened early in the game. Like right. when you, when it Dallas doesn't care about how they started this game. No, because why won. would they? Yeah. Right, and it's it's that. And I understand we're in the winning business, not the entertainment business. Yeah. When it comes right down to it, 
But part of the reason that they're not winning is because the third period's awful, and it's part of the reason why everybody's pissed. Mm -hmm. Uh, so well, I I don't even remember what time that offside challenge was at. I wrote down a note, but I forgot to put the time it was. Right. I think it was like thirteen minutes left or something around there, because I guess it was on. Uh, would have been on Miko Rannon's stripping penalty. Yeah. So I don't know. That was at eight sixteen. So. Mm -hmm. 8.16 in, so that would have been somewhere around there. So maybe 11 minutes. Something like that, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, so it's just like, again, it's a cross-seam pass right in front of Grubauer, like, I don't know, three or four feet in front of the crease. And I think it was Ben that put it in. It was just a wide-open net. Like yeah. Grubauer had no chance. The second attempt at it after the challenge when, uh, oh, no, I'm cracking out. Uh, Tyson Jost, that would have been his penalty because then they scored on Miko right now. Right, penalty. right. Right, other way around. Um, this one, same play, crossing pass. Yeah. Grubauer this time doesn't, well, I don't I don't even know if that's fair to say because Grubauer wasn't even close to the first one. This one he gets over, and it's unfortunate. This one sucks for him. Cause, but again, this is why the crossing pass is so dangerous. Because Grubauer gets across, but he loses his balance, and while doing so, has his blocker out, not tucked into his body, and right. a puck that's going into the far corner ends up going ends in. up going in the back yeah. of the net. Yeah, it was unfortunate. It, it sucks. It's if you if you want to get on Grubauer, you can get on him that one a bit. But again, that seam pass can't happen. Yeah. Again, like. I understand. Good hockey teams, good hockey players, they make open ice and they make stuff happen. But it happened once. Fool me once, shame on me, right? Or, yeah. Right? So it's just, you, you got you to be better. Yeah, pretty much. And it's unfortunate because, who is it? Graves? Yeah, Graves loses his stick. He's chasing around that for, you know, yeah. a few seconds. Looking like a PB player. Can't pick up his own stick. Yeah, it, it opens <laughs> up that even more, right? Because then he's just caught out of position, you know, trying to catch you up. And it's like, ugh. I kind and of then, of course, that part. just yeah. like a crappy bounce, right? Off the blocker. It's like, ah, damn. Yeah. Grubauer wishes he had that one back, obviously. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. Because he didn't even have to touch it. Would have yeah. gone, gone wide, it, too. Right? It's really hard. But, there's... you know, it's like... uh. Michael from Clean Skate. He loves his hints and he loves his Garyanov. There you go. Whammy. There you go, Michael. You dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think right after that, like not even a minute after that, I don't think, is when Nachushkin gets his post. With just a rock. On kind of like a broken play, like. It goes in on the boards, and all of a sudden it just squirts out to Nichushkin, and he just rips it yeah. off the post. Like, it was funny. Every single, well, all three posts that the Avs hit were, like, pretty good shots. Yeah. Like, all three just clangers off the iron and out. Just, oh, man, it, it's... Well, I don't know. I don't know what the counter is. I should probably look. Oh, right, the bad post counter. DNVR has, I think, the... It's uh, it's getting up there. I think we're probably at fifty now. I remember the last time I saw it, it was like forty four or something. And then, uh, and then I, uh, they actually put up the good post counter. Oh, and I fifty five. There you go. They tweeted fifty 
55 fucking posts, dude. Unofficially 55. And, like, seriously, if you go back and fucking think about these posts, so many of them are like, how does that not go in? It's just like a nice play, nice shot. Of course, just directly off the iron. Man, it's it's the it's the philosophy legit. And I'm not gonna, I don't want to start this argument with anybody listening. I'm not legit on this, but it's like the people that are of the the argument of let's make the net one inch bigger on our <laughs> side. Yeah, okay. One inch, man. Fifty five of these bad posts turn in like fifty goals, probably. Like Caudry probably still hits the post. Because he just smoked it, like just where he smoked it. Yeah. But Nichushkin's is in. Zadorov's. Zadorov's is yeah. in. Yeah, true enough. Right? Man. It's just like one inch, guys. <laughs> one inch. You wouldn't even notice it. They couldn't make the nets one inch bigger and nobody would notice except the goalies. <laughs> yeah, the goalies would probably be like trying to hit the post with their suit. Well, what the fuck? Weird. But like, <laughs> I remember getting into this, not argument, but like seeing it and then going and then like seeing the stats of goalies and stuff. And it's. Everybody knows, but goalies have never been bigger, ever. Right. And it's just like, goalies used to be like 5'10". Oh, There's like barely a goalie size. under six feet now. Oh, man. Like, if... It's so, like... How big is Kudobin? He's one of the he's smaller still, he's ones. He's still probably like 6'1". I feel like he is still 6'1". I, I bet you Gruby, seeing... Gruby's pretty small. Gruby's what? Actually, yeah. He's probably right at 6'. I think he's 6 or 6'1", yeah. Um... But yeah, you're you're definitely right. Like you, you don't get no Mika Kippersoffs anymore, right? Six one, it says. But yeah. I don't know, man. That's six one is short for a goalie. These six one short for a goalie these days. But it's like I think that's generous. That's a nice six one. Uh, measured with skates on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like I think Bernier is pretty small too. Yeah. Um, Saros is pretty small. But like, it, it, same thing. It's it's you don't have to be big. You just got to work a hell of a lot but harder. But damn, does it make it nice when Ben Bishop is 6'6". Six, six. Oh, man. Yeah, for right? sure, right? It, it's, it's just Freaking human, human cheat code, basically. Yeah, it's not fair. Yeah. Yeah, like it says Jonathan Quick 6'1", too. I don't know, man. Mm, yeah, I don't know about that, too, right? Generous. But right, so it's just, just that. It's just like, oh. But, I mean, that's the thing, too, is like it's already – prominently noticeable in the stars this year that goaltending has been huge. Bishop has been huge. Well, and we expected Bishop to be a well, factor for right, sure. Right, and we kind of talked about that with Michael that, like, you know, maybe he gets over over Sean in, like, his uh, Vezina. Vezina votes. But, man, I don't know. Like, even if he plays maybe, I don't know, like, 50, 55 games, like, you got to, like... I think you got to give them some votes, man, because, and like, if they go into the playoffs, you know, for a fact, so much is going to be riding on Bishop. Like he will take them as much as he can. He will take them as far as he can. Right. If they get enough uh, goal scoring, this team definitely has a chance to go pretty far. You want to take a guess at who the top three save percentage leaders are in the NHL? Okay. Obviously Bishop. He's one of three. He's not um, Hellebuck. Nope. He's ten. Oh wow, that's way off. Uh, jeez. Come on, it's topical. Oh, uh, is it? Are you talking about Frankie? No. Well, he's close. He's five. Okay. Uh, Kudobin. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's number one, 932. Yes. Tristan Jari, 930. Ajari. Ben Bishop, 930. Jeez, man. Like, are you kidding me? So what was it? 936? 932 for Hidobin. 932 and 930? 930, 930. Oh, my God. Dude. Like, are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, you're going to win that, what is it, Jenkins trophy? Yeah, something like that. I'm sure they're winning. I wouldn't even be least, able to pull that out of my head. Yeah, least goals against. I am sure Best they will win Best goalie pair, that. I think, is what it is or something. Yeah. And geez, that is incredible. 932 and 930. Yeah. Yeah, not not too bad. Not too shabby. And that's the craziest thing, I think, for Dallas, too, compared to legit any other team. Maybe Boston, kind of with Halak Rask. But, like, Kudobin, Bishop, like, no one's even close to that. Like, you, you get Kudobin coming in as a backup, if we, if you can call him that. He's he's definitely a backup, but it's it's not. It's like a good backup. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like Halak and Tuka. Right. I'd say they're, they're close. I'd say last year... Leonard and mm, Grice were yeah, like that. For sure, yeah. But even then, Varlamov and Grice mm, this year, same thing. It's true. Crawford Crawford and Leonard have been actually really good mm-hmm. if Chicago was better. Yeah. But it's just, it's it's a luxury. And again, yeah, it like shows how important that is. Like right? we said, nobody expected that to be the Avs' strength. Yeah. And yeah. it isn't. And you got to stop expecting it to be. Right. Well, that's like... See, no one's bitching about goaltending early on in the year when we're fucking scoring five, six, seven well, goals a game. Scoring goals, Gruby and Frankie have 920-plus save percentage. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, if you're going to consistently bitch about something lately, it's probably goal scoring, man. Like, maybe we should score more goals frequently every yeah, game. Yeah, well, maybe somebody other than Nathan McKinnon should put points on the board consistently. Right. Maybe someone can light a fire under this team other than McKinnon every night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's finish this. Uh, fireworks in the third. Yeah. Calvert, yeah, Calvert and Ben. ben. Well, I, that uh, is a. I don't know if heavyweight tilt's the right word because Calvert Calvert's not exactly a heavyweight, but a, he's a tough boy. He's a free weight. They both. <laughs> they both de- like that. That's an even fight. I don't think. I don't think you can say Ben lost. Yeah, they both won. Uh, yeah, like to me, it's a draw. <laughs> it's a good fight. Calvert got a, like four or five good shots in. Ben got yeah, a near the really end. good shot in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, it. Was silly. so funny just their little dance at the faceoff dot. Yeah, they were just like dancing for Calvert's you know, lucky a minute and a half. Calvert's lucky he didn't get called there. No, it's funny. Just like I'm wondering if there's like some recent, you know, recency thoughts in Ben's head. Maybe he's like, maybe I can, you know, get him to pull a Cassian on me. And just just, just throw me down, bro. When <laughs> the first little thing that they're doing off the first face off, Calvert's like, "What the, what the hell, bro? Like, I'm just gonna grab your collar. You're not gonna do anything. I thought we were gonna fight." That was funny. And like Ben was pissed because Calvert dove. Which, oh right, dude, you yeah, can't open his started. thighs. Yeah, like what's uh, he supposed to do? Can can you stand up with a stick in your legs? No. Yeah, you know that when that stick's just like in there and you're ready for the leg to come through, yeah. you're gonna fall. I love when players try and call like a dive on something on like a that. Can it's opener. like, dude, you, I can't move my legs. <laughs> it, it's ha- it happens all the time too. Yeah, it's like, oh, this guy's diving. Literally like, every time somebody can open somebody, they're like, oh, come on, <laughs> like, dude, dude. Okay, skate, and I'll just throw my. It's like throwing a stick in a, a in, in a bike spokes, right? <laughs> yeah, you're just done. You can't do it. Goodbye. So it's gonna be called every time. But uh, nothing really. Nothing really comes from it, obviously. Actually, that didn't even get called, did it, either? Which? Did yeah, the trip. Oh, it, yeah. it did get called. It did. Um, oh, yeah. It was nine minutes left was that deflection that 
ended up in the crease where Dallas cleared it. Mm, right. Uh, and then what was it? The tagging goal was like five and a half minutes left. Yeah. But again, it, it, I don't know who. I don't know. I can't remember who was on the ice for the Avs, what defenseman it was. But puck watching, and all of a sudden loses his man in the slot. Puck comes out to him, one timer, and then whoever's like, I think it might have been Audrey trying to cover. Just couldn't get there in time, and then Dickinson beats him to the rebound, and it's in the back end. That yeah. rebound goal, though, that was legit. Like, that was a really good finish mm. on his rebound. Yeah. Really good, because Gruby gets over. Yeah. Uh, So, is what I it mean, is. Yeah. There's, it's a good goal. I mean. The one thing I will say is that third period, the refs had places to be in the last, like, 10 minutes. Because mm. I'm not saying there was, like, extreme penalties to be called. Uh, Caudry needs to grow up. And, I and again, I've seen him for a long time. Mm. He always does it. But when you face plant on somebody else's stick, it's not a penalty. Oh, right, when he gets clipped in the nose or whatever. Don't get mad because you toe-picked and fell on his stick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I know everybody in the building was booing because they thought it should have been a penalty. And in real time, it kind of looked like it might have, could have maybe been. But then you watch the replay, and he toe-picks and face-plants on the guy's stick. Yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah. Get up. <laughs> like, like, maybe don't sit down. And then who was it later? Oh, I can't remember. Maybe it was Nachushkin or something. But somebody gets dumped, and it, I maybe fringe, but it was like two or three minutes left, and they just sat there again, and it's just like, guys, get up and get in the play. Yeah, this isn't soccer. I mean, and that's not how you get calls, too, right? Like ref's not just gonna give you a call because you're like milking it. Yeah. Like if anything, they won't call it even more. Yeah. <laughs> like just keep moving your feet, and if something happens, <clears throat> the refs will catch it. They well usually, let's be honest. Yeah. There's been a lot of missed calls this year. Well, but there's lots of missed calls every year. Exactly. It's just how bad are they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we said, Cadre smokes the post. But on this one, like Cadre yeah, literally had the post to shoot at. Yeah. Ben Bishop was all over this one. Right. Just absolutely perfect positioning. Yeah, that's one that's just like you know that's all you have to that's... shoot at. You got to hope that it maybe it gets a good angle off it. <laughs> I've said it a million times, but it's. That's all I gave him to shoot at. It's fine. Yeah. No wonder he hit the post. Yeah. That is legitimately what Ben Bishop did. Yeah. Now, overtime, Avs look okay. Uh, end up with a draw on their own end. And that was an, it was an interesting. Uh, the draw is the draw. We're going to get to it in a sec. Interesting stuff there. Uh, but it gets to Lindell, and McKinnon tries to go big. And he tries to take the puck off his stick. Oh, can you imagine? Tries to take the puck off his stick and go for the breakaway and misses. Yeah. So Lindell is now wide the fuck just, open. Just chilling in the high slot. Has an hour. Yeah. And just picks his post. And that, you know what? That's what happens in three on three, man. That's what happens. You got, you, I, I don't even blame him too much because if he gets that, he's it's, probably winning the game yeah, right there. Probably. Like, again, I'm, it's one point at that point. And that's the thing. That's the thing with overtime is honestly nothing matters anymore. If you lose, you lose. I'm sure you know. There's a lot of times there is some you know mistakes that you can make, but this overtime there wasn't a whole lot more they could do. No, 
you know? I'm not I'm not I'm not upset at McKinnon for this one at all. It, it's it was worth the risk, in my it opinion. Was, yeah, for sure. Now, Landis Cog was pissed at the linesman after. It was kind of brought up on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. I'll give it to him. That was garbage yeah, by the, the ref. That was one of the weirdest drops so, of the puck I've ever so, fucking well, seen. It wasn't, so the, the thing is, is they kind of put it on the linesman as like he hesitated. No, Pavelski jumps it. Right. Pavelski jumps it. The ref's arm didn't move. I watched. His arm doesn't move at all. Pavelski jumps it. But then rather than waiting for them both to set up again, he drops it like mid like mid conversation. Yeah, he's, he's like, like you got to wait and then he just drops it. And Landy's not ready, they lose <laughs> the draw and the game's over. And it's just like, man, uh, are you for real? It's just brutal because look at Landeskog. He is like totally committed, like he's totally believing that this is getting reset now. Yeah. He's not even paying attention anymore. And then all of a sudden, the puck's just like down. I just don't... I don't know what this line is doing. Yeah, I don't I don't even know. I've never seen something like that, honestly. I don't think I've ever seen a weird drop of the puck like that. Me neither. And it's just so shitty that that is in overtime, and it legit, like, sets up the goal. Nothing's going to happen. It's just... It's it it's annoying, and I understand why Lannis Cook's mad. Yeah. We've talked about the lines and stuff, like kicking guys out of the draw and stuff, and sometimes it's warranted. This one, I'll give Land. I'm on Landis Cog's side, 100%. Yeah. Uh, a couple things. I thought Makar looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. His best game since he's been back from injury, I think. Yeah, he was he was looking fluent out there. Uh, Nachushkin, we said. Like, his, uh, his net drive in overtime... Real nice. Ben Bishop yeah. made a great play. Yeah. Oh, could you that imagine? Check? He was oh. he was really looking for that one. Yeah. He looks confident again. Finally, he kind of had that couple weeks where he was not great. Yeah. Um. The PK again. We talked about it. Just not good enough. Yeah. Two for three. Should basically one for three. Call call, hey, call yeah. it fifty percent. One and a half for one and a half. For three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heim, like, bailed him out. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> and then the power play is just 0 for 2. Like, it's just not good enough. And then yeah. we talked about, like, how bad it's been against Dallas. Right? Well, like, just... and I think that's the thing, too, is we lost the pa- we lost the special teams again. Again. Like, and most of these, especially most of these close losses, we're losing the special teams battle every game. And we're losing by like one or two goals and that's usually like the difference in special teams so if they lose show you if they lose the special teams battle in the playoffs it's gonna be early golfing oh, season for sure right because you know most of the time in the playoffs you're not scoring like more than like four goals you're also not gonna end up with eight power plays either. right right depending i guess how crazy <laughs> it gets <laughs> i don't i don't know if there's a single circumstance in the playoffs, you can get eight power plays. Yeah, usually not, right? Because if it's a high-aggression game, mostly the whistles start to get yeah. put away a little bit as long as it's not too out of control. Like, I, don't, I don't know if I could imagine a single game in the playoffs. Getting eight power with plays. With eight power plays. You're fucking for wild, dude. You better score a couple. Eight total is hard. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the old Winnipeg Jets probably would have been there. <laughs> so, upcoming schedule, we've kind of touched on it on the weekend. Or on Monday's episode, I guess. Um, but we have San Jose on Thursday, and we have the Blues on Saturday. Yep. San Jose, uh, with not so much fresh off their coaching change anymore, but I guess this is topical now. Gerard Gallant gets fired in Vegas <laughs> on crazy. Wednesday afternoon, morning, actually. Some, some weird 
weird news. So one month and four days after the San Jose Sharks fired Peter DeBoer, mm-hmm. he has been rehired by arguably San Jose's biggest rival right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it couldn't have been drawn up any better. Very weird hiring and firing and all that stuff. I don't really know what's going on. But we don't really have to deal with that yet. We'll see Vegas later. But San Jose, San Jose's got to be beatable. We've talked, we talked right. about it on Monday's episode. They're just not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably, it's like, probably I, a pretty good way to put it. Yeah, like I don't know what else you can say about them. They're just. Yeah. I mean, you got to take advantage. It's not necessarily fair to say either, but it's just they're not. Yeah. I mean, for me, this has got to be like a confidence boosting game. Um, play the same way as you did against Dallas. This this should be a win. Like we need if we need to win like two out of three of these games and we, you know, before the break. But St. Louis is obviously going to be a huge, huge game. But so the like, Sharks, need a dub. the Sharks are 25th in the league in goals against. Yeah. 3.29 a game. Against one of the top scoring teams. Let's go. Yeah, third in the league, the Avs are now after the last couple of games here. Again, San Jose 24th in the league in goals for. Mm -hmm. Their power play is 24th in the league. Their PK is good. So (laughs) their PK is actually the best in the league. Oh, jeez. Which is... I'm I didn't, I didn't prep for this segment. <laughs> that blew me away, actually. News to us too. Wow. Shit. Um that's really good. Eighty seven point seven percent on the PK. Holy crap. Man. That's really good. The abs are seventy eight point six. Yeah, to put it into perspective. As I've said a million times, it feels like it's fifty. Right. And I'm not being I'm not joking around about a half a goal. I'm literally being serious. I feel like they get scored on every other time. Yeah. I mean Yeah. It, it's a lot. Part part of why the San Jose Sharks might be so good at penalty killing, they are 29th in the league in penalty minutes taken. Oh, okay. Ten and a half per game. Well, maybe we can uh, get Calvert to go mess around with them a bit. So, yeah, and, like, don't forget you got Evander Kane to play against. You yeah, got right. the high-flying defensive players in Burns mm-hmm. and Carlson. Their issue, they're the exact opposite of Dallas, where their goaltending is just mm-hmm. – Terrible. It's kind of been a problem for uh, quite some time, I guess. Basically, since they went to the Cup final. Yeah. Right. Jones has just been a shell of himself. Yeah. It's nice for teams for like else. us, <laughs> yeah, like coming into their barn and well, I mean they're coming in ours, but yeah. playing them, it's nice to not have to stand up against Stanley Cup finalist Martin Jones Chucky. or Ben Bishop yeah. or whatever. But yeah, so. Um, the Blues are Saturday. We will be talking to Tom post-game on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, for Monday's episode from the Blue Notes podcast. As usual, we couldn't get him in on today because everybody's busy. But, um, yeah, so hopefully things go well. Maybe this is maybe this is a good luck for us because we didn't talk to him on the January 2nd game. Right, and we're, we're the doing Avs won 7-3. We're doing opposites here now. Okay? So we're going to try not talking to him again yeah. until after. Maybe exactly. life is good. Yeah. I'm going to bet the over again. I'm going to bet on St. Louis again cuz that's what I did on January 2nd <laughs> there, there and the Avs won. Okay. It's called a Tyler bet. Okay. It's the win-win bet. There Either I win money or my team wins. Yeah. Emotional or uh damn, can't remember the word. I'm looking so I'm going to put all my money from my bookie. Monetary. There you go. I'm going to put all my money on my bookie. Yeah. 
right onto the over, right onto the Blues winning. Okay? Okay. It's happening. Do it. Because it was fun. I bet I, I'm the only reason I'm betting the over is because I bet the over last time. I'd prefer it to be a tighter game, but at the same time, we don't win those. So, <laughs> yeah, the over and St. Louis winning, and we'll see. Yeah, and then yeah, but we know what St. Louis brings. It's been been there, done that. Oh yeah. Show again. Show everybody why Perron going to the All Star game versus Makar was a mistake. Yeah, Makar won the battle. On the second, Makar gets to win the battle on the 18th, right? Let's do it. I think that's fair. And, yeah, I guess that is – that's the last meeting with St. Louis until the very last game of the year. Please, please, please make that the rubber match. Right? Please make that the best of five decider. Oh, that would be great. That would be amazing. Yeah. Plus, you potentially, never know uh, what kind of playoff implications say, that'll potentially have. Potentially even for the first place in the division. Would right. Be sweet, too. You never know, man. That would be a hell of a final game of the year. That would be. I feel like, you know, NHL, I got to say, does a really good job. And I feel like they've switched that over in the last, you know, five, six, seven years. They really make the end of every team's schedule. You know that these well, games are going to be important. Or else they're setting it up so that it could be a very so I important think, game. I think part of that is the fact that they just put divisional games early and late. Mm. Mostly, right? Where it's like... So, I, I, I agree. I give them a lot of credit for scheduling. Scheduling 82 teams... Or, sorry. 82 games for 30, 31, 32 almost teams yeah. would be an, a nightmare. Okay, I, I understand I it's a program and it's a, like AI of some sort, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of SAP program. Someone had to set that shit up, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody made that. And like when it comes to like building availability and all the stuff that goes into this 82-game schedule for every team yeah, is crazy. But what they get done with it, a lot of the time is good. I say, like, a lot of the time when Connor McDavid's playing bad teams on a Saturday night, not ideal. Like, the fact that McDavid has never played the Leafs on a Saturday night is crazy. Really? I think I think this year in Edmonton was a Saturday. But it was, like, Saturday at, like, 5 p.m. local. Because hmm. it's a Leafs game, obviously. So, But stuff like that, like, I, I find that they don't necessarily schedule that very well. But when it comes to, like, interdivision games and, like, games that mean something, mm-hmm. interdivision, they crush it. The NFL is very good at it, too. Because it's always like the last couple of weeks are division games, right? So it's like generally either the second last or the last game is big. Yeah. But that's how you do it, right? If Makes you have, it exciting. If you leave divisional games to last, especially like something like this where it's like, well, obviously Colorado and St. Louis are going to be good this year. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's that. And uh, for those that tuned in on Thursday, enjoy the Sharks game tonight. For those that are listening after, maybe on our channel. Blues game is in a day or two, so. I guess that's uh, another thing, is if you want all the episodes in one spot, you can search us Offside by a Mile, just that, on any podcast platform, and we got it there. Just if you don't want to scroll through all of the Hockey Podnet uh, podcasts, makes it a little bit easier for you, and if you want to download all of them, episodes, it's all right there. Episodes get released on that one 24 hours after, so mm-hmm. every Friday, every Tuesday. And we actually um, got a little bit of extra content up there. Yeah, so there's an extra never episode know. in there. We recorded on Sunday with McWinnin on Twitter. Mm-hmm. 
Um, also, check out the Tales of Terror Ryan podcast Hell on the yeah. Hockey Podcast Network. It's always uh, good. I think episode five came out the other day on Friday. Um, Ice Analytics has, I think, their third episode freshly dropped as well. Sick. Another good one for you hockey nerds. But, yeah, so... Thank you for helping us grow the Hockey Podcast Network, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for buying stuff off our links if you do. (laughs) Awesome. And, yeah, we'll catch you on Monday. Don't forget to visit us on Twitter at OffsideByAMile to join our conversation and have your voice heard. Also, check out the rest of the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can listen to the podcast there or anywhere you get your podcasts from. The biggest thing you can do to support us is by going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and giving us a five-star rating. Also, if you're looking to donate to the network, visit the Hockey Podcast Network's Patreon page. All donations go straight to the podcast host. Thanks, and see you next episode. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.